Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Exodus chapter 12. Find verse 21. That Moses called for the elders of Israel and said to them, Pick out and take lambs for yourselves according to the families and kill the Passover lamb. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin, and strike the lentil and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. None of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning, for the Lord will pass through and strike the Egyptians And when he sees the blood, everybody say that. When he sees the blood on the lentil and the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. Whoa. Revelation. Book of Revelation. Chapter 7, verse 14. And I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of lamb. I'm going to read that again. He said to me, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made, who washed them? Washed, they, they washed their robes in the blood. Just think about that for a moment. Made them white in the blood of the lambs. Kind of odd that blood usually stains things, but in this case, makes them white. Go to Revelation chapter 12. Sure is quiet in here. You kind of sound intense. Totally. Are you ready? All right, Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, a favorite verse of my mama's and mine and my whole family. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. By the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives unto the death. 1 John. Chapter 1, and verse 5 through 7. This is a message that we heard from him, notice it's capitalized, the Lord, and declare to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But, everybody say but. 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 If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Let's read verse seven in whatever version you have. Right out loud, ready? Set, come on, in the Philippines. Ready, set, 
go. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Father, move in power, God, tonight. May we never be the same. Anoint these lips of clay as you've been so gracious to do. Do again, God. Thank you for trusting me with your word. Thank you for trusting me with your people. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would breathe upon this time. We're not here, as we said earlier, to fulfill religious obligation. We're here to worship you. We're here to learn of you and your word, knowing that heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will remain, will endure forever. So come and speak out of the volume of your word. I pray, Holy Ghost, have your way. Let the gifts be in operation. May we never be the same. In Jesus' name, come on, someone say amen. amen. All right, you may be seated. We do have notes for you. It is truly amazing um, how, as time goes on, just in the span of my lifetime and my remembrance, I'm 54, feel like I'm 24 most of the time, except early in the morning. It's Amazing to me how there's just an, there's like an increasing darkness, you know. There's such a fascination with blood and vampires, and I I don't pay too much attention to all the different shows that are on, but I I do recall something about Buffy, and uh, and you know there's just like a, a big movement on blood, and and uh, it, it's creepy, it's odd, and uh, werewolves and witchcraft and. And perversion. I mean, it's just amazing amount of perversion. I was talking with my friend, Pastor Brian Gibson, and I guess the new, I guess the new COVID test is rectal. Of course it is. No, I'm not even kidding. I'm not joking. I'll joke later. I'm not joking right now. That's the new thing. Yeah, great. Got people lining up for miles to get that test. Now, that was funny right there, I'm just saying. Because this whole world is moving to perversion, but not the church of the living God. That's not who, that's not who we are. We'll never agree with that because it's not in the Word. Come on, God's people are washed in the blood, cleansed from their former things, now used for noble purposes. But the enemy pushes, pushes people, the demonic pushes and attempts to make mankind break all of God's laws. Right in your notes. He's constantly pushing people to break God's law. Why? Because if you're breaking God's law and you're living that way, then you bring yourself under a curse and you open yourself to being demonized. In Genesis chapter 9, Noah is made covenant with God and God says to him, Verse 4 of chapter 9, but you must not eat meat that still has the lifeblood, the blood of life still in it. And then in Leviticus chapter 9, verse, uh, pardon me, Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11, for the life of the creature is in the blood, and I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for oneself. Why are you talking about blood? Because it's Passover. 
And we're, we're right in the season of Passover, and it's the time when Jesus, the, the Lamb of God, was crucified for your sin and mine. He is God's Passover Lamb. So what I want to do tonight is I want to talk about being blood washed, the blood washed. I was going to call it the blood washed crew, but that just felt too like I was trying too hard and I needed skinny jeans or something. To, just couldn't do it. Not against skinny jeans, except for some people shouldn't wear them. They've been, I might be some of those people. The blood washed, the company of the blood washed, the church is to be the, the blood washed hosts. What does that mean? That's kind of odd. I remember my mother praying over me and still does, thank God. I'm so, so blessed to have my mother who's in her 80s, who's still my chief intercessor. I'm so grateful for you, Mom. I wasn't always that way because I was just dumb and young. But, but I've, I've matured. I'm still growing up. How many of you are still growing up? Very grateful for you. I hear your prayers, you know, in, in, my, in my spirit, in my, in my head, prayers that you prayed previously. And there was times where I didn't think, it didn't seem like maybe I was paying attention, but it stuck. And I'm saying that to you to honor you tonight, but also to say, fathers and mothers, the prayers that you pray over your kids, your kids hear them, they remember them. They remember them, they make a difference. And something my mother would do frequently is that I just plead the blood. She had to do a lot of that over me. <laughs> I plead the blood, I plead the blood, I plead the blood. And for the longest time, I never really understood what that means. And so after this message I preached to you, it's gonna make sense. How many of you heard I plead the fifth? Some of you have done that before. Pleading the blood is really like a legal, <laughs> uh, it's a legal declaration. All right, so all of us know what blood is. But in scripture, it's a synonym for, for life as it relates to bloodshed and sacrifice. It's, it's right there in your notes. It's a synonym for life as it relates to to bloodshed and sacrifice. Sin is so bad that God requires something die for it. See, some of you don't, some of you don't see what sin really is. And so then it's easy for you to do it. Some of some some of you, and, and you say, Well, do you do you see what it what it really I I you know I, I see what I see. You know, the thing about deception and being blind is Spiritually blindness is you don't know that you're spiritually blind. And the thing about deception is you're deceived. Hence, you don't know that you are deceived. So you say, do you really know how bad sin is? I, I, I've studied for 20 plus years, as others can say the same and maybe longer. See, if you don't have a real revelation of hell, you don't have a real revelation of what Jesus really did for you, then you don't have a real rooted salvation. You won't really have a deep appreciation for this born-again life. You won't have a deep appreciation for, for why, actually, you can be totally healed right now. Why your sin is as horrible as it is, and it's horrible at all levels. You stole the candy bar when you were three, and you never did anything else wrong. You're still headed to hell. Because sin is, bump your neighbor and say, whoa. <laughs> the blood. Come on, somebody say the blood. All right, so I've, I, you don't even hear messages. You don't hear messages on the blood. They're not popular. The blood. 
Passover lamb, and again, this is the time of Passover, and it's a type and a shadow or a picture book of New Testament reality. So what are you talking about? Moses was the deliverer, born to Jacobed and her husband, who I can't remember his name nor pronounce it, and was put in the, in the basket and sent down the river and raised in Pharaoh's household. Moses, when he came of age, he decided to be the deliverer with the arm of the flesh and murdered an Egyptian for hurting a Jew, a Hebrew. And so he ran away and went into the desert for 40 years. You all know the burning bush. Did you, have you, you seen the, the movies? Maybe you've read it in scripture, I hope. It's actually better than the movie. You allow for a spirit-filled imagination and he goes in and becomes a deliverer of the strongest nation in the world. Listen, the Equality Act can't stand before God if people unite in the Lord. Come on, Egypt couldn't stand before God. You think actually an Equality Act? Never mind all the other problems and challenges we have. The church just needs to, the blood-washed church just needs to wake up. I intend to try to do that from the Northland here. I intend to see a great outpouring, a great revival to, to spur you on to godliness, to be, to be a deliverer, to be a lover of God and the deliverer of men, washed in the blood, cleansed from the former things, as I said just earlier. He goes, and you all know the story. There's the 10 plagues, the final plague, the one that, that sealed it and broke the back, the back of the enemy and, and set them free was the death of the firstborn, and I've been talking about that a lot lately. And the prescription for the, the destroyer, which is a demonic entity that you'll find in Scripture, Old Testament and New, the destroyer would pass over the home that had blood on the doorposts and lentils, and it's a picture of the cross, doorpost, lentil. And so Jesus is the Lamb of God that fulfills all of that. This sacrificial system really started with Cain and Abel. It started actually before that in what scholars call or theologians call the proto-evangelum right at the fall of mankind. The declaration that the seed of the woman would crush the head of Satan. You'll strike his heel and he will crush your head. And Jesus is the Lamb of God in the garden. They, God covers them with tunics of skin. I just talked about this recently, but trying to bring, bring people up to speed. Most, most people, did you know this, that most people are biblically illiterate. In other words, they didn't hear Bible stories when they were growing up. They didn't, have, they didn't go to church. And there's no, there's no shame in that. I'm glad you're here. But you say, well, like, oh, he's telling the story of telling the story of the Pascal lamb again. Okay, well, maybe you need to be filled with the Spirit again or something. I don't know. It just never gets old to me. And some people are like, the Pascal, well, that's another name for the, for the, the Lamb. And so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to fill in some of the blanks that some of you are like, I've been in church, I've been in church all my life. I heard this already. All right, well, maybe you can learn something new. And some people don't know anything about like, <laughs> like Calvary was the biggest one. When I first came to church, I started hearing message. His blood flows from Calvary. All I can think is like, you know, General Custard and the Calvary. Gosh, he really got slaughtered. I don't understand how that. No, I'm totally serious. Like Calvary, what, what is that? That's like a bunch of guys that ride on horses with swords and stuff. Right? That's the Calvary, right? No. It's a place. 
I'm serious. I'm being honest. Going to do some cleaning. Hallelujah. You're going to what? you can cleaning? You need to do some cleaning. No, gleaning. Glean. Anyway, sometimes we use Christianese and miss all kinds of stuff. So I'm trying to fill it in for you. But Cain and Abel points to the proto-evangelium, pro, first, evangelium, euangelium in the Greek, the first time the gospel is preached is in the Garden of Eden. So you can go and look that. Look at that. The seed of the woman crushes, you'll strike his heel. He will, singular, he, it's not plural, he will crush your head. He's talking about the Messiah. Isn't it wonderful that even though you might have found yourself naked, ashamed, and in trouble, that God has made a way of escape for you? And and even this is before the Exodus, Abraham. Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham. I wanted them. I don't even know how that goes. Yeah, yeah. That dance, though, that's the Father Abraham dance. Pastor Kirsten taught it to me, who's in the back. Welcome home, Pastor Kirsten. Abraham and Isaac, right? So Abraham and Isaac is another type and shadow. So why are you talking about it? Again, it's Passover, and Easter is on Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. Come on, you can't keep a good man down. Somebody say Amen. So I wanted to fill it in a little bit so you really understand what's going on right now as we celebrate this amazing time of our sin being wiped out because of the blood. And it's in the Old Testament going all the way to the New in fulfillment so that if you don't understand this, then you won't really understand what God's done for you and me. You know, why are you guys so happy over there at Kings? You guys are always smiling and filled with, yeah, we were dead. But he took my sins away. He cleansed me. He redeemed me. He washed me. He cleansed me. I'm a new creation in Christ. The old is gone. The new has come. I've been filled with the power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Oh, come on, somebody. You have to get excited. Honestly, if it doesn't move you, you're probably dead. Spiritually, definitely dead. That's offensive. You were offended when you came out of your mama's womb, no doubt. But you can be set free. That's probably for just some people online, not here. So Cain and Abel points to the blood of Jesus the blood this points us the sinless Christ. And Abraham and Isaac points to Christ. Take your son, your only son, your one and only son. Go read, go read these stories. These are, these are historical events. And they're amazing because they, they build your faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when you see these incredible patterns through the Old Testament, and then you tie it to the New Testament revelation, it just makes your heart blow up and be like, whoa, that's crazy. Be like, yeah, God is God. Man wrote this book as he was moved along under the inspiration of the Spirit. It's not a bunch of fables. It's truth. The blood of Jesus is mentioned throughout the New Testament. Let's look at it. Lots of scripture. Gave you tons of scripture. 
Don't know that we'll read them all, but we'll read a few. And uh, you can take these home and go and look at them and study them. In Acts chapter 20, verse 28, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Amen. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. You've been purchased. See, some of you think that you can just go and do whatever you want to. You can't go and do it, not if you're, not if you're born again, not if you've given your life to Christ. There's a lot of freedom within the confines of what, he, what is allowable in God, but then there's things that you just shouldn't do. And in, in fact, Leviticus says, don't raise your hand if you like drink, drinking blood sausage. I know we're on the Philippi- in the Philippines right now because I was texted, so I know that we're in the Philippines. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Gonna have like a revolt right now. Blood sausage is out. I know, Father, help them in the Philippines right now. Help them in the Philippines right now. Yeah, I like the blood sausage. No, you can't eat the blood sausage. It's, it's bad. Drinking, eating blood is no good. First Peter 1 and 2, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge, God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his Blood, that's a reference to Moses sprinkling blood on the mercy seat. Again, the mercy seat. Read Hebrews, which, okay, we will. We'll look at Hebrews right now. As a matter of fact, Hebrews 10. Let us draw near to God with sincere heart and with the full assurance. Everybody say full assurance. That faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to the cleansing us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water is talking about Jesus being a mediator, talking about basically him cleansing us and making us white as snow, according to Isaiah, by the blood. In Hebrews chapter 12 and 24, Jesus is a mediator of the new covenant and to the sprinkled blood that speaks of a better word than the blood of Abel. Hebrews 10, 19, therefore my brothers and sisters have confidence to enter most holy place by the by the, by the blood of Jesus. See, you, you can come to church as much as you want to. You can pray to God as much as you want to, and I'd encourage you to do both. But you can't boldly come before the Lord without having your conscience cleansed, without knowing that you've been forgiven by the, the blood. It's the blood, not your action, not you coming to church, not you acting like a Christian, not you tithing. You tithe and still go to hell. Let's have a praise break. I'm not feeling the love in here. Amen. The blood. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It's the blood. It washed my sins away. Hebrews 9. He did not enter by the means of the blood of goats and calves, but entered the most holy place once and for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. Wow. The blood of goats and bulls. Let me stop and say, is this talking about the sacrificial system of the Old Testament? They had all kinds of sacrifices. They had a a drainage system, a very complex drainage system, to move the blood off of of the temple mount. 
I'm going to go look at how many sacks. Come on, some of you killed a moose. You know how much blood that was. I mean, what, you, you read the Old Testament, it's like the blood of a thousand bulls. You know how much blood that is? When you look at David, when he's bringing the ark into Jerusalem, and he, every six steps, he, he sacrifices a bull. Do you know? That's a lot of barbecue, number one. Number two, that's a lot of blood. So literally, and it's a 20-mile journey from Obed-Edom's house. We won't get into all the rest of that prior to that. It's a 20-mile journey to Jerusalem. Do you know what that road looked like? No, no, seriously, do you know what it looked like? It was a, it was a river of blood with people's feet all walking through it. They all walk through it. It's a picture that the blood of Jesus cleanses you and brings you to the high place, brings you to the mount, brings you to the presence, brings you into the holy of holies. It's only the blood. It's nothing else. You can't earn it. Man, my God. The blood of Jesus fulfilled the payment that was required. Hebrews 13, 12. And so Jesus also suffered outside the gate of the city to make his people holy through his, through his blood. Colossians 1 and 20. I think I said I wasn't going to read all these, but I'm going to read them all. And through him to reconcile himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Can I just say a little pet peeve and for all those that I'm mentoring and those pastors and everyone listening, I can't stand the terminology spilled blood. So just don't use it. Why? Because it isn't. You spilled milk. He didn't spill his blood. He shed his blood. It's spilling something's like, oops. No, go, go look at the definition of spilled. I just don't like it. I've no, you'll never hear me use that term. I hear it used in other places. I mean, the whole guy, he spilled his blood. No, he didn't, didn't spill anything. You spilled. He was sinless. He didn't spill anything. He shed his blood. Come on, someone say he shed. He purposely shed his blood. He didn't spill nothing. 2,000 years ago, he shed his blood to provide the possibility of reconciling all things. What do you mean the possibility? Well, not everybody's reconciled. Why? Because not everybody repents of their sin and receives the payment of his blood. Ephesians 2 and 1, but now Christ Jesus, you who were once far away, have now been brought near by the blood of Christ. Ephesians 1 and 7, in him we have redemption through his Blood. Gosh, it sure is in a lot of places. That's right, because it's the most important thing. The blood. Romans 3 and 25. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement. It's an Anglo-Saxon word meaning at one meant, to be at one with. Atonement, that's what that means. At one with. Atonement. Well, I'm, I'm teaching you while throwing in small sections of preaching. I'm trying to help you understand. Come on, come on, lift your hands to heaven and say, God, give me a revelation of the blood. Come on, say, God, give me a revelation of sin. Give me a revelation of what it costs you. Come on.
You see, if you really, that's what I'm trying to bring home tonight, is that if you really understand, and you grow in your understanding, I'm growing in my understanding, I'm growing in the knowledge of God. It's a lifetime process. And as you grow in what's near and dear to God and it becomes near and dear to you, if you love me, you'll obey my word. Everybody say that. If you love me, you'll obey my word. How you handle things that means something to someone else shows your love to them. Okay, I have a dog, a black lab. Daniel and I love our dog, and, and, and Karen loves our dog too. The only thing is, is that Karen is highly allergic to animals. So you say, why would Pastor Karen have a dog in her house? Because she loves me. Daniel and I wanted the dog, and so she allowed, for, you know, and I, I don't know what that says about us actually getting the dog, but <laughs> maybe we should have thought that through a little bit. Of course I love my wife. That's why I wash my hand. I, I wash my hand. Listen, before COVID, way before. My dog's two years old. And then we had Grace, who went on to dog heaven, if there is a thing. We've never had a cat. Anyway, touch the dog, wash your hands. And that's the deal. Like, I go outside, play with the dog, throw the ball. Hey, dog, bring the dog in. Wash the hands, you know, up to the arm. If you grab the dog, change your clothes. If I'm downstairs, you know, get ready for, get ready for, uh, get ready for bed and walking around in my flannels. I got to change before I get into bed. Why? Because there's dog dander downstairs that gets up on me and then gets up in my bed and makes my wife have allergies. When you understand what, what, what is important to God, when you understand what's important to him, you will behave in a way that is, that is, proportionate to, to what's important to him. I don't want my wife to suffer and rub her eyes and, 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 and have a hard time. I mean, like I said, I'm a, thank you for allowing us to have the dog. You're awesome. <laughs> the dog brings you joy, and it's a great watchdog. And do you understand what I'm saying? If you love God, you obey his word. He has a prescribed way of loving him. He's not loving him on your terms. He's loving him on his terms. And he loves you so much that he made a way for you to be forgiven. He made a way for you to be cleansed. So when you scroll up and DM and do all the slide up into stuff that you should never be sliding up into. Okay, so that's for everybody like 30 and under. When you do the things that, that you, you know you shouldn't be doing, you, you hurt, you're hurting God and you're hurting yourself through it and, and you're, you're putting another nail in the hand of Jesus, if I could just say it that way. If Romans 3 all right, we read that, atonement, shedding through his blood. Romans 5, 9, and we'll move on. Since we've now been justified by his blood. Wow, justified. That's another legal term. So what does it mean? I heard it this way, and I, I just like it. Um, just as if I never sinned. You've been justified. I've been just as if I'd never sinned. Why? By the blood. 
Some of you don't have a revelation of it, and I'm trying to give it to you so that when you look at yourself, you, you quit having a pity party and getting down on yourself about how you're unworthy or whatever. You're, you're, not, you're made worthy by the blood. We're all unworthy without the blood, but with the blood, we're made worthy. Can you say amen? amen. And so it, when you understand that, then you can boldly come knowing that you've been cleansed. And actually, when you understand it, you start living in a way that pleases God and you stop sliding up and stop doing stuff that you shouldn't do because, you know, it grieves Him. All right. Exodus 12, 21 to 23, the first Passover where the blood is put upon the doorposts and the lentils, protected them from the destroyer. Let me say this, that the blood of Jesus will protect you from the destroyer, will protect you from hell, fire. Don't use it as fire insurance because he doesn't want you just to be born again and to receive his payment for your sin. He, he wants you to enter on into this life and life abundant that comes by walking with him and talking with him. But the blood of Jesus rebukes the devourer and the destroyer. And we can walk in the protection of the Lord. I, this is so real to me. I get on airplanes, but I'm, I, have a, I have a great confidence in the protection of the Lord. Well, if you were so protected by the Lord, how come you got COVID-19? <laughs> I don't know. Still here, though. What about the other people aren't here? I don't know that. I don't know about that either. I just know too much that he protected me. He's protecting me. I stand on it. You can try to bring evidence to the, the you want to claim all that other evidence for you? Go for it. I ain't doing that. I'm protected by the Lord. I've seen too much. I know too much. I've heard too much. He protects us. How many times? How many times? Out of, out of control in a truck, almost having an accident, this happening, that happening, that got, you know, over and over and over and over. When I get on the airplanes, I pray, God, you still want me on this plane? I tap the plane. I bless the plane. Hallelujah. Thank you for your protection. I've done that, all, I've done that since I got saved, every time I get on an airplane. I remember once getting on a small aircraft. Went to go get on that aircraft in Molokai oh, so many years ago. Went to get on it, it was like I got punched by, by the spirit. Like I went to get on, it's like, wham. I was like, whoa, fear came on me. I'm like, uh, this is when I started praying about getting on airplanes. Yeah. I said, Lord, are we good? Is it okay? And he's like, well, pause. He says, you may get on the plane. I thought, okay. <laughs> I got on the plane, we flew around. My dear friend who picked me up was dead a week later to the day. Crashed. So why didn't the Lord tell you? I don't know. Certain things are mysteries. Certain things are mysteries. God protect, God's protection is real. Many years ago, I was learning about archery. And I knocked an arrow. How many of you know about archery? Okay. Don't judge. So I knocked an arrow many years ago. 
you know, was practicing. I was getting quite good, and it was awesome. I was with my little boy, Daniel, who's not so little anymore. And I thought, I looked up. It was a cloudless day, and I thought, gosh, I bet that thing would go really high. That'd be awesome. And I just thought to myself, oh, that's not good. I, 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 I loosed it, and I thought, and to Daniel, you know, we're like, God's honest truth. I'm like, oh, God, Lord, thank you, I'm a tither. Oh, thank you, God, I didn't even kill anybody, God. Oh, God. Never saw the arrow till a few hours later. Keys aren't working? They're working on it. All right, they're working on it. A few hours later, yeah. Open the door. It's a neighbor with an arrow. He says, is this yours? I just wanted to be like, no. I, <laughs> no, I've never seen that before in my life. <laughs> what is that? Now, of course, I would have been lying. So I said, yes, it, it is. He says, you know, I was lying out on this beautiful day <laughs> in, a, in my chaise lounge with my dog right to my side of me, and this arrow landed between me and my dog. And I said, I'm so sorry. He says, I just thank God it didn't hit me or my dog. And he hands me the arrow, and he says, you tell your son to be more careful. <laughs> so he said. So he said. I took the arrow. I went. He says, you know, those kids... And he starts walking away. I'm like, yeah. And I'm so convicted because, like, what am I going to blame my son? He started, I said, sir, actually, uh, it was me. He says, what? <laughs> like, you're a total idiot. You know, he didn't say that, but he looked at me like, I said, I'm sorry. I know it was really stupid. I don't know about arrows and stuff. I knew it was a mistake. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Do you know who protected me? Pastor kills neighbor with arrow. I'm telling you, God, God protected me. by the Lord. Oh, the blood. Oh, the blood. I called a close friend of mine who is a, a hunter. I told him this story. He said, what the heck were you thinking? I said, I don't know. He said, listen, don't ever tell anybody that story. <laughs> Too late. Been protected. Anybody else been protected? Claim it. Declare it. Speak it over your life. Speak it over your home. Speak it over your physical body, over your cars. We don't, I never drive anywhere, long trips, short trips, every time I get in my car. Every time. Every time. I may not put my seatbelt on right away, but I got the blood. Come on, somebody. Every time. Every time. Thank you for your Thank you. Thank you. I'm protected. I'm blessed. Is there anybody else that's blessed? Man, I feel the Holy Ghost in here tonight. Revelation 12, 11, as we look at that text now, also about the blood. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. It's like reading, if I can quote Eduardo Servoso, who's a favorite evangelist and uh, minister from Argentina. Saw him years ago. I remember almost all the messages that I sat in all those years ago at a conference, 1990. 
three or something. Eduardo Silvoso. He's alive and uh, he's older. He does a lot of marketplace ministry, written some great books on the ecclesia, on the church. He taught this and he, he said it this way, and you've, it might sound familiar because I've said it the same way since then. When you read the book of Revelation, chapter 12, it's like reading the sports page after the big game. You read Revelation 12, it's like the big game is over. And this is how they won. In the fourth quarter, he faded back. And he threw that bomb. It, it, it tells how they won. It's a prescription or a rubric or a framework on how to win. Listen, if, you don't, if you're not walking in the, in, in the W column, if you, you don't have a W, you feel like an L, you need to wake up to what Jesus has done for you. And then you need to walk in it. You overcome, they overcame him. Him is Satan, not God. They overcame Satan by the blood of the lamb. That's the number one. I've preached whole series on it, on this particular verse, Revelation 12, 11. The blood of the lamb. Without the blood, you have no victory. I don't care how strong and how energetic and intelligent, how much money you have. It's irrelevant. None of that does anything without the blood. You need the blood. The blood is the very first thing you need to walk in victory, to set you free from demonic bondage. The blood. Everybody say the blood. The blood of Jesus. Because without that, you're not cleansed. You're not, you're not washed. They overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb. Interesting that it goes on to say by the word of their testimony, not by the word of the spoken word. See, as I've been preaching to you, the Bible says that these, follow, these signs follow. The, the preached word, whatever you preach on releases faith. So what am I preaching on? The blood. What's that going to do? Hopefully, open your eyes, open your heart to the truth about the blood and, and the truth about sin and how God can protect you, heal you, provide for you. I mean, it could really be a whole series of blood. The blood-washed host, the blood-washed company of believers. That's the church. We can be free from demonic bondage. Why? Because the blood breaks those bondages. The blood severs the tie. The blood breaks the agreement. The blood satisfies the, the, the penalty of your sin if you apply it, if you appropriate it. Some of you have received the grace of God in vain, so you've believed on the Lord, but you don't appropriate the blood. There's positional blessings and appropriated blessings. And I've shared this before also. Positionally, as my kids grew up in my house, they were blessed. They're blessed. They don't have to worry about working. They don't have to worry about mom's going to make food. They're going to have a warm home, a roof over there. Why is that? Because God would provide through me. And, and they were blessed because they're my children. They carry the name of Bracken. They're blessed. Why? Because we're blessed. That's, that's it. So you're under my roof, you're blessed. That's the way that is. Now they make a choice then when they grow up to carry that blessing. There's positional blessings because like Karen's blessed because she's married to me. No, I'm just teasing. It's actually true. But I'm also blessed because I'm married to you. Together we carry 
It's like some people didn't think that was so funny. Some of your women, I thought, were going to... You're going to come out of the... The lion was going to roar for a second. Somebody's going to have it. Got all nervous. It's positional blessings because... Listen, there's a blessing because you're part of this house. Now, I've seen it over and over and over and over. You can try to think it's something else, but it's not. It's actually true because of prayer, because of the different things. There's a canopy of blessing. It's positional blessing. Appropriated blessing is that when you make decisions now to walk in the blessing and you do the things that are required of you, and because you have done it, you have then released a blessing in your life because you made a choice. way that you live will release the power of God or release bondage. So you choose. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb, by the word, the declaration of it. The word declaration. Come on, what does God, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. It's interesting how God spoke and there's light. He sp- it's a voice activated kingdom. Somebody said, I don't like praying out loud. Get over it. I, 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 they're, they're, that, that is how you pray. There's meditative prayer, but it's mostly out loud. We're moving into our new building. It will be done with shouts of grace. Grace has been reached thousands of people. How do you know? I know. How do you know? I know. When? Soon. Soon he's coming back. Come on. What's coming out of your mouth? And then look at D. Not D, Scott, D in your notes. We must be a part of the fellowship of believers. This is from 1 John 5. And I think the thing that's so, pardon me, 1 John 1, verse 5. I think the thing that's so moving to me that it's not, you don't see it a cursory glance here. This is a message we've heard from him and declare to you. Right? You, you understand what message? Message in verse 3 that we've seen. We can't, uh, I'm, I'm going to take it from the beginning. Verse 1. John 1 and 1. You all there? That which is from the beginning which we have heard, which we've seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested. And we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. What's he talking about? He's talking about Jesus. He's talking about the, the word of life. That's, that's Jesus. He was it's the word. Jesus is the word. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. He's talking about how he saw him, how he touched him, how he was manifested. He's, he's saying... This eternal life, which was with the Father, has been manifested to us. Jesus. He's talking about Jesus. Verse 3. That which we've seen and heard, and we declare to you. Okay, let me stop. So what is he saying? That we listen, there's let me let me put it like today's language. Jesus, God's one and only Son, He came down from the Father and showed us all kinds of stuff. He was crucified, rose again, and it's his blood that cleanses us so that that we're born again, so that we have eternal life. And we've declared this to you. 
that apart from him, there's no salvation. In fact, we told you, we told you that there's no other name given among men by which you must be saved. You must receive Jesus. You must repent of your sin. You must be born again. This is what he's saying, and he's summarizing in just a few sentences. Verse 3, which we've seen and heard, we declare to you, watch this, that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. You see, people who don't like having fellowship have something wrong with their salvation. If you don't like, I listen, we're, we're all a hot mess. Everyone needs healing. All of us need, come on, all of us need healing. All of us are weird in some way. All of us, come on, you make fun of me about shooting an arrow into the sky. If some of the stuff was shown on the screen that you did, Come on, if the screen just popped up right now and we saw all the stupid stuff, you just heard about mine because I told you. Otherwise, you never would have known. Am I right? Have mercy and grace on people. Have fellowship with people. It's, it's important. And it's right here. You got to be a part of a fellowship of believers. We do? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's what he's saying. If you don't have fellowship, something's wrong. I like to go out to the mountains. Out the mountains, I have my fellowship out there. No, you're, you, you need healing. Go have fellowship with the Lord of the mountains. And you need a church, too. I don't like people. It's because you've been hurt so many times. You need that bitter root pulled out of you. You need to be healed. Or your father was mean. Your mama was mean, maybe. Or your ex-wife tried to kill you. I don't know. Or your ex-husband. You need to be healed. You need to forgive them. Somebody said, I was at church and somebody broke into my car. Well, that must be a sign that we're doing something. We're reaching people. Make sure you lock your car. Somebody's like. (laughs) All right, let me just bring conclusion to this. Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament sacrificial system. Do you understand that? That's what Passover is all about. And it's interesting that on that Friday, when the lambs were killed, on the Friday, all the lambs, each household had to bring a lamb. They would sacrifice the lamb. At the time of sacrificing the lamb, follow this now. This is history. Go study it out for yourself. At the time when Jews came, at the crucifixion of Jesus, that's exactly when they were bringing the lambs in. Each, each household had a lamb. Do you imagine all the livestock and the time that they would kill the lambs, one for every household, and they would have a plate around its neck for what household it was for, for the atonement, the Passover, the Passover specifically. That is when Jesus was crucified. The same time. Exactly. King of the Jews, his, the name above him, Lamb of God. See, Passover and Resurrection Sunday, it's a big deal. A very big deal. It means that you and I can have fellowship. It means that you and I It means that you and I can be free from sin. We can have fellowship with God. 
Oh my. I used to hate to be alone. Couldn't stand to be alone. I'm sure that if I ever was alone, I would also not like it again. In other words, I'm never alone. Why? Because he lives on the inside of me. He walks with me. He talks with me. Speaks to me. And he'll do that for you if you'll walk with him and talk with him. Don't reduce. Don't let the world, don't let your experience in church, in God, reduce you to being some religious person that has to obey a bunch of rules. Fall in love with Jesus. And you'll wash your hands, you know. You'll take care of the things. There's a reference to the dog and Pastor Karen, okay? Just going way back in the message. If you love God, you, you find out what he's done for you. You can't help but fall in love with him. And then you'll live for him. And what a great life it is. Oh, there's all kinds of problems, but then you get to have all kinds of victories. And there's all kinds of obstacles that just get beaten and smashed as you stand in faith. And you don't ever have to have fear anymore. No fear. So I still struggle with fear. Get a revelation of the blood. Get a revelation of how much he loves you. And, and, and think on that. Meditate on that. And drive fear out of your life. Perfect love hunts down, chases down, and kills fear. Drive it out of your life. If God be for you, who can be against you? I'm almost done. I'm landing the plane. The blood, understand the blood is for expiation. These are two theological words which I will define. Expiation. That's a word that's used to cover. The blood covers over your sin. The other word is propitiation. Propitiation, you'll find it in the book of Romans. Propitiation means to avert wrath. It's kind of amazing that we all are deserving of wrath, but it's been averted. Why? By the blood of the Lamb, by the blood, by the Passover Christ, our Passover lamb. And then I think lastly, as I bring this to a close, means you can live holy. It took me years to figure out that I had to have a paradigm shift. You know what a paradigm, a paradigm is a set way of thinking and understanding. And um, there's a, there's an old video out there about a warship destroyer, United States destroyer. And you see the inside of the boat and it's in the midst of the storm and they see this blip on the radar and the U.S. destroyer says, this is Admiral so-and-so. Change your course. We are the USSS Obama or whatever. And the radio comes back and says, uh, no can, mate, uh, can't change anything. You change. It says, this is the USS Obama. We are a United States war vessel. It goes on, it's just all this powerful military language that I can't recall. You change your course. He says, uh, no, can't change our course, mate. I'm a lighthouse. Paradigm shift. Highly unlikely. 
but it's a paradigm shift. And I used to think that I had to live holy. Please hear me the right way. In fact, if I ever say anything that sounds unbiblical, that's not what I meant. I used to think that I had to just, just, just try and live holy. You know, gotta live holy. And the thing shifted, like, like fasting is another thing. Oh, fasting, I hate fasting. Well, part of you hates it, but if you really get into it, the other part's awesome. Got to have a paradigm shift. Living holy is not a drudgery. There's nothing like it. Freedom. I can lie on my bed at night. I'm going to do it again tonight. I'm going to lie on my bed at night. I'm going to go, yes, God. Peace. And then all of a sudden, you shouldn't have thrown that arrow. You know, you shouldn't have shot that arrow. Or whatever comes to mind. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, that was dumb. Do you understand? You shouldn't have cut that person off and flipped them the finger. That's right, Lord. So sorry. I don't do that. I know others. It's not Pastor Karen. I'm going to hear her. I dug a ditch. If I'm convicted why I'm lying there, I repent. And then he washes me and cleanses me. And sometimes I got to do something about it right then. Other times I got to do something about it the next morning. Other times it's, you know, oh, Pastor Karen, sorry I was a jerk. I already forgave you. Okay, thanks. You know, and it, he'll show you stuff. I li- live in peace. You don't have to be tormented. You don't, you, you don't have to be addicted. You don't have to be afflicted. You can walk in purity and holiness. You can be free from the power of Satan. You can be delivered from fear. You can be set free by the blood of the Lamb. You can walk in a way that's just glorious and, and, and powerful. You can pray, boldly come before him. I don't even need an usher. Honestly, I can fall out on my own. I don't need anybody laying hands on me. I just have to go deep in God, and then I'm going to have to, like, get low, and and he's going to take me somewhere and show me stuff. Like right now? Yeah. Why? You just apply your faith and come before him, forget about everybody else, and... (laughs) Be healed. (laughs) Come on, raise your hands all across this place. Raise your hands. Whoa. It's your blood, God. It's your blood. We're the company of the blood washed. Oh, that revelation. They have they have washed their robes. Let me, let me speak to that and I'll close. They've washed their robes. Think about that. Think about that. We had a powerful women's conference. I did laundry. I ruined a bunch of my stuff. The good news is I get to go shopping. Amen? Ruined a bunch of my stuff with a pen, an ink pen. I know, my favorite hoodie. I wore it anyway. I don't want to like make it a tie-dye or something. It'll work. I don't know. They, they washed their robes in the blood. 
and the blood made them white. White is a picture of purity, yeah. I mean, blood, how does blood, how blood, blood stains, ink stains, blood stains. But not, not the blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus is the supernatural stain remover. They wash their robes, a picture of their acts. It's a picture of their lives. It's a picture of who they are. They're, they wash their robes. I, I washed my clothes. I did ruin them. I could have done a better job, but they, they do smell clean with some stains of ink on it. But the point is, I got my clothes. Some of you are in shock. I put them in the wash. I added some soap. I just didn't check the pockets like Pastor Karen does. But I, I, I did some laundry. Amen. First thing Pastor Karen says, none of my clothes were in there, right? I told you not to wash my clothes, right? Like, no Pastor Karen clothes in there. You have to take your... You have to take your robes, you have to take your life and bring it to the blood. And some of you have not done that. Some of, you, some of you have not really surrendered, not really given your life, not really washed your life in the blood. You're like, well, I just, can you just, I want to keep this other part. You just, how, how insane would that be? Hi, Mr. Bloodwasher. Can you just do that part? Can you, just that end. I'm going to hold on to this end. Thank you. I changed my mind. Can you just do the sleeve? So that when people see the sleeve, they know that it, no, wash the whole thing. Come on, somebody say wash the whole thing. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.